Hey, thank you for supporting SysDapot on the HPN Plus network. As a special bonus content for all our subscribers, each episode will have a, our own penned bad drag joke for your amusement. So here's one just for you. Which queen might you expect at your birthday? Darian Cake. <laughs> My name is Keen, and I've just heard that douching is the key to a flat stomach. And Naomi Smalls, you are the weakest link. And you're shook. I'm James. <laughs> what? That has as many Gosh. mixed analogies as if you want a piece of me, come take a bite out of this big apple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking that approach. Okay. I'm taking the, um, the, the Derek Berry approach to intro writing. Yeah, a collage of references. It's perfect. Uh, welcome back to Sissy That Pod. This is a bonus content available exclusively to our listeners on the HPN Plus Network. Thank you for supporting Sissy That Pod. Here is your bonus content. It's episode three of Drag Race Vegas Review, this time with the wonderful Jen Gannon, who is a Housewives superfan. Okay, Jen Gannon. Thank you for joining us today. I mean, I feel you are a Housewives super fan. How does this sort of drag version of it compare? Yeah, I mean, I am a Housewives super fan. <laughs> but I do think that uh, I like <laughs> the idea of this. I like the idea that you would have... Because, like, my favourite bits of um, Drag Race a lot of the time are when they're in the workroom. And, you know, you get most of the genuine humour is when they're in the workroom, like you know, with Alyssa making up her jokes that time and just making herself, cracking herself up or like any of the big moments are just when they're in the workroom, like look how fucking orange you look and all yeah. of that. Like, so this to me, I thought, oh, it's going to be all like this all the time. It's just going to be all those bits all the time. And it's kind of not weirdly. Like I think half of it for me is like, I feel that Derek and Naomi get the spirit of what a housewivesy a bravo type reality show is they're really good at like stirring the shit and but probably think they all have to kind of over emphasize their roles especially Derek um whereas I think someone like Asia or someone like Cameron it feels like they're in a different reality show where it's like fly on the wall and they're more heartfelt and they're more you know vulnerable and exposing like parts of themselves so I don't know if they've got that mix down pat. Like if they've got, I think if they got another show, another season of this, they'd have it that mix perfected. But I, like when I was watching it, it felt a bit jarring because one minute you're in the drama and you're like, ooh, this is exciting, love it, you know, get my popcorn. And then the next minute you're kind of like, shit, I feel bad for wanting this drama to happen because you're seeing someone genuinely get hurt. And that's not really how the Bravo universe, the, the Housewives universe kind of works. No. Because all of them are in on the joke. I like I like that the Bravo universe is like the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. It's like <laughs> it's true though. They have their own rules and everything. Like and like well, all of that, they they all know how to behave in a way. They all know their roles. And I think with this, it feels sometimes like someone like Asia or someone like Cameron sometimes aren't in on the joke. Yeah, I think that there is a weird kind of. Um, clash between the queens who are there to be in the Vegas show and the queens who are there to be in the reality show and I think that kind of I I, I think that I wondered if that kind of 
creates that weird kind of energy you get because at the end of the day they're there to do like a, they're there to put on a, a residency in Vegas which is a huge deal for them and some of them are trying to make themselves more reality TV stars and some of them are just trying to be like professional performers so as you're saying like with Asia particularly as you get into the, the latter half of the season she's you can tell she's much more there to do the day job than she's any interest in in this reality show so i think that 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 is a strange kind of mix and you do have some of them just stirring the pot so much that it gets like it gets like derek barry needs to be stopped oh 100 derek barry is like the ramona singer of this (laughs) series Uh, i mean cameron wasn't even able for the drama of a drag show which has a bit of drama so why did she sign up to a format that's basically <laughs> supposed to be all drama I don't understand I said this the, the last time um, and and no one when we recorded the first two episodes no one watched Housewives who didn't get it but Nebraska Mackenzie um, Derek's boyfriend is 100% the Dana from Beverly Hills trying so hard to get cast in the next Hold season him. putting himself just like really like pushing himself out there and it's like no go sit over there we don't want you we don't want you we're taking Brandy and just like trying to inject themselves into every scene that's and it's unnecessary as well you're just like please stop like we don't need this like definitely 100% well Part of the main drama of the series, of, of episode three anyway, un- unfolds in the gym, which I felt was quite an unnatural place to see drag queens. I mean, I'm sure they go to the gym, but you're not used to seeing Naomi Smalls lifting a dumbbell. <laughs> um, and Naomi then turns to Asia and Cameron and says, do you think there's a weak link, which ultimately ends in Asia saying that Naomi is a weak link as a team player. Can we, before we do this, can we jump back to one thing I noticed in the like the press call bit at the start, <laughs> which was, oh, yeah. so they're doing this like press call bit and like they're all talking about how wonderful the the show was and the reception. And Derek's like, oh my God, when you get to like perform in, in, in Vegas, it's like a place that has like nothing but icons. And then they show two photographs of the like the icons from the Vegas strip and it's Olivia Newton-John yeah, and, and Paula Abdul. Oh, yeah, Paula <laughs> like, Abdul like. who, who picked those? <laughs> Le- legends only. Legends only. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. Never mind Celine Dion. No, Move or, or over. even Britney. They didn't even show Britney. Like, like. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, do we have any thoughts on the gym scene, Jen? Did you think... Asia said the right thing. Shout out to Asia saying that like she had no core because I feel that. And she's like, I have no core. I can't do this. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, yes, indeed. But I just think that the whole thing is like, I love Naomi like I do. And I love Naomi trying to stir the shit and make things interesting. But like the whole thing just backfiring because not expecting Asia just to land some truth. And I think Asia did it in a not... I didn't sound spiteful. It sounded more just like this is advice. Like don't turn turn up late. Don't you know be there when you're you need to be there kind of thing. And it was more like big sisterly advice than getting at her. And I think what Naomi wanted was just somebody to say Derek is the weakest link and be bitchy and have fun and have that kind of gossipy moment. And for it to just yeah. turn back around on her was just yeah. you could see like I was like oh and instantly. The thing is, Asia is just so, uh, like, the, the difference between Cameron and Asia, and Cameron would just silence, ignore the question, of, sidestep the question, whereas Asia just mowed in there straight away yeah. and was like, you know, he's the weakest link, you bitch, and you need to improve. <laughs> but, like, 
I don't think I was bitchy though. I think what Asia what Asia needs to um to realize or remember is that this sort of reality TV format is not the place for like nuanced personality assessment. Like it's exactly, like, yeah. <laughs> but also like a weird reveal about the family, like the the sort of like my, yeah. I was about I to say. I was like, I didn't tell my fiance this, but you're telling ev- everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the whole gym <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean I was like that is a recipe for disaster why would you say that and then be like don't tell the person who you know I, I phone on a regular on the same TV mm. show I've told you this I'm like oh disaster but that also kind of felt like a workroomy kind of conversation as well because usually in the workroom when they're getting ready they have yeah. those bits of drama where they'll tell something about their lives or they reveal something about their lives so it did still have that kind of vibe to it but um yeah i was just like way to go from see that's what i mean about the whole tone of the show the dichotomy is just crazy because way to go from something that's kind of shallow and bitchy to something that's hardcore and intense and like you know asia really putting her like feelings out there was a a lot like Mm. to handle (laughs) the other sort of parallel story that runs for this episode is Vanjie looking for a relationship. Oh, Vanjie. So, like, Vanjie should of, just do everything. Like, I could watch Vanjie just read ingredients, like, off the back of a fucking yeah. cereal packet. And I would watch her do anything. Like, I just think, like, so much charisma. She's, like, a charisma yeah. bomb. And just this, this whole, her whole arc in this show is just, I love it. I think it's the best yeah storyline of the whole series i just think following her around is amazing and and the fact that she's really genuine and relatable and open um and you know you see kind of a a little bit of a different side to her i just think is just it makes her even more special yeah i think so because like we're so used to the like massive personality that we saw in drag race but then with her like like later on throughout the episode when she like gets brought out to the bar and then even when like that awkward setup happens like really comes across as just being very like like vulnerable and like open but still like incredibly charismatic and so funny um, and sort of shy even as well which is just like I, I don't know it's making me love Vanjie I think and also to like what you're saying about the workroom moments like because sometimes you, you you see like when the camera's in the dressing room they're actually doing their makeup you see them just having the crack and just like having a bit of a laugh and you see that like Vanjie in those circumstances she's so funny and so quick-witted and like yeah I think she's the I think she's the real star of the show even though Derek and Naomi probably would think it was them 100% and I think like with a lot of Vanjie stuff in the show I find that really relatable because she's the one keeping everything going as in she's keeping everybody going and she's like trying to be in the middle of anybody everybody but not trying to make peace but just trying to make everybody go hello let's just still have fun and like I would that would be like my kind of in my family that's the kind of person I am because I'm the youngest and it's like oh you entertain everybody and and you just it's a force to habit then you just try and do that no matter what environment you're in and I think that's really what she's doing all the time when you see her in those moments where there is maybe tension when like they're backstage she's trying to diffuse it by going oh shut the fuck up or like you know just being funny and cracking jokes and I love I just loved like I'm so invested in that storyline I'm so invested in like her being sweet and like I just hated that bar scene so much with Derek Barry like 
pimping her out in the bar. It was just... <laughs> it was so... So she goes out with all three of Shay Barry, right? So, like, not only are you a third wheel, you're a fourth wheel. Yeah. Yeah. And they just proceed to be like, oh, here's a shot. Go sit over there. They line up a few stools and she gets just slapped on by random guys at the bar. Like, it was mortifying. Can... And the worst thing is th- they sit right beside her and, like, I... basically enjoy the, the lineup. You can feel the, like, awkwardness pouring off Angie like mm. pour, and what I actually did quite like in it as well was so when they bring the guy over for the shots and he's like oh Angie I love you and he's like no if we're doing this romantically you call me Jose and it's like, exactly. like it, it's that kind of clear distinction of like this is you know this is actually who I am like this is not like something I'm sort of just putting on for the night um yeah which was just very th- that dance scene though is so awkward and the way like Vanjie in the background like who is this for my mother's gonna watch this like, ah. it's like an awkward 21 kisses at a 21st you know except it's just lap dances <laughs> <laughs> and it's like but we get like great Vanjie talking heads moments again and that there was that great talking heads where mm-hmm. like she was saying oh yeah, like my name is actually Jose. You don't go up to Johnny Depp and be like, oh, Captain Jack Sparrow. And it's like, it's so true. Like if you want to go out with Johnny Depp, you're not going to call him like, although yeah. why you want to go out with Johnny Depp is a whole other story. But um, I just love that. I love just getting those talking <laughs> head moments. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely the most cringe moment so far, I think, of the series. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh my God. You did not find like Evie Oddly's bizarre burlesque intermission <laughs> oh, so that, like... that yet. <laughs> I mean they could have been I more subtle about here, that like you can tell Evie is not having to do in the drama so they're like here's a uh, five minutes of Evie Oddly's rap career <laughs> that nobody wants to know about to be honest I'm sorry like... <laughs> <laughs> no it's like moments of wonder with Evie Oddly just like five minutes off <laughs> And like she wandered into that cabaret show, you know, obviously they had been told she where she he was coming in, but she didn't know she was going in. And just all the girls are like, would you like a cane? And they were like, just so strange. Also, the, like the flex is weird. Oh, I'm going to be a rapper. I need to learn burlesque. Like it's. <laughs> uh, that's where those Bravo shows kind of excel because they don't give you that. There's no setup in the way that they're going oh, this is a surprise. They they show you in a way they're kind of, they have everything prepared beforehand and you're just, you're in that world. It doesn't look as, this looked a bit amateurish mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, we're pretending. And it's like, mm, you know yeah. what, guys, we've watched a million reality shows before this. We know this is a setup. It's cool. Like, don't treat it's like imbeciles. Like. After Evie's uh, rap career segment, we <laughs> are back to the Banshee Love segment, which I'm more interested in. Derek brings her out for lunch and then sets her up again with Drew, aka Lance Bass. Um, now, do you think Fangie purposely was stonewalling this guy, or or did she generally not find interest in him? I think both, because I think like a, I don't really think that Vanjie wants to have a relationship happen on camera in that way and it feels artificial anyway because like for the whole season Mm. it's like I want true love I want actual proper relationship and this would feel very forced and uh, artificial so I don't think that like that's one side of it but I think on the other side it's like you don't want to be with someone that Derek Barry has set you up with after like the night before (laughs) like please no one wants that and I just think you know it it felt it just felt really it didn't feel good and I felt so uncomfortable watching and I just wanted him to leave and the fact that he asked where are you living 
where are you living? I know. It was like the second thing that guy said. And it's like, no, goodbye. This date is over. I'm sorry. Like, please. <laughs> I, I think of like unique dating faux pas that one can make. Being asked what your favorite, um, your favorite diva is and then saying, oh, the person who your ex impersonated on Snatch Game. That's oh my, my God. Favorite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> they didn't draw any attention to the show, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> but I will say I loved Derek Barry's phone case in that moment I don't know if you saw it before you legged it off it was Meryl Streep mm. in uh, Death Becomes Her and it's amazing oh my god amazing oh, okay. yeah I actually oh rewound it twice just to make sure I was like that's so cool <laughs> yeah. and then I was surprised it wasn't Britney but then I'm like I suppose he doesn't have to have Britney everything like I mean, I think it's a classic one of those Bravo shows to be like, to make up for me trying to set you up, I'm going to set you up again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go. Okay, there we go. Even worse this um, time, because I'm going to leave yeah. you on your own. <laughs> so that's kind of where the, the Vanjie Love storyline ends for that episode. And then we're kind of just wrapping up the the drama, the main drama storyline. So we haven't really spoken about Naomi and Derek, who seem to have teamed up now. And Naomi goes into the, the other queen's dressing room and is like look I had the, Asia said this to me today and I'm kind of annoyed and I don't want to be in that dressing room because she's so negative and she's you know in a bad mood and this comes up then at the at a classic truth or dare <laughs> don't, don't play truth or dare learn from this like, it's never gonna end well unless you're Madonna doing fellatio on a Perrier bottle truth or dare never ends well <laughs> I mean, Asia has the classic talking head being like, you know, I don't mind playing truth there because I just always say truth and it's fine. <laughs> like, oh, oh no, you do, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So uh, Naomi kisses. Oh, first of all, the, the scene opens up with some dieting tips from Naomi Smalls, which I wrote down, which is douching is the key to a flat stomach. I never knew. Okay. Well, we learn something new every day. <laughs> apparently, apparently, a, a, a colonic is a game changer. Oh, yeah. The so. colonic was a game changer as well, apparently. Yeah. So now we know how to get that waste. I think I'd rather do a Violet Chachki way of doing it and just exist on c- cigarettes and not eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely found myself thinking about that for a while, being like, how can the douching because i don't know what are you taking with you in the douching like yeah. parts of your vital yeah. organs are being dragged out like <laughs> oh some of my stomach lining isn't yeah. that douching? <laughs> naomi small's drink of choice is wa- water and vodka right yeah is that even fizzy water or are we talking tap i'd say it has to be fizzy because it needs a bit of a, a bit of texture <laughs> Yeah. It needs a bit of flavour as well, James. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so depressing. I don't know when the last time I drank a drink for some texture was. So <laughs> a nice rough smoothie. <laughs> Love that sandpaper feeling. <laughs> well, I would, I would say one thing outside of uh, Naomi's digestive choices. I actually am team Naomi, I think, in this entire fight around the negativity in the dressing room. I think that the way it was handled was bullshit and they're really horrible to to think, but I, or to, to Asia. But if I was getting ready to do something as stressful as going on to perform, I would find it very off-putting to have someone being so negative or being so loud and aggressive yeah, in the room. In a flap. Me. So I was... I was sort of a little bit on on Naomi's side on on that one, 
but then I think the whole other thing with the like she said I'm not a team player like that's where she loses the audience in my view I can see it from both sides because I, I think with Asia she's very determined and hard working and I think she, it's a whole different deal for her because she's 38. She's completely a different age than the rest of those girls. And she, I think, comes from understanding how difficult the hustle is and wants to concentrate on the show, like you were saying, because this might be the last opportunity that she gets for something as big and as you know intense and important as that. And I think she feels that responsibility a lot more than the other girls do because of their age. And I think she probably just feels that this is she has to be really focused and that her being that focused comes out in being a control freak and being annoying. Whereas Naomi, on the other hand, is just kind of, she says herself, like, I basically kind of do nothing on stage, but people love it. And that's a whole different, that's like her gig. And like, she doesn't have that pressure on her or doesn't feel that pressure on her. She's so cool about everything. And I think they're just at very different stages of their career. And she can afford, Naomi can afford to take the piss a bit more. And I don't, I think Asia's just super serious about it. And that's where that clash comes from. But I can totally see it from both sides because I think being with Asia when Asia's like that must be very hard to deal with. But on the other hand, yeah. my heart went out for Asia because like, I just understand where that comes from. And I, I, you know, I hated feeling like there was a mean girls vibe about it. And especially if it's Derek Barry, like... Yeah. I know <laughs> the way it's sort of it's it's sort of it's sort of um like skimmed on the water over like it started being about the kind of oh you know you said I wasn't a team player and then it skipped into the whole you're very negative it was sort of like they realized that the team player thing they were coming off poorly with it so then went down this other road and that is a conversation Naomi should have had if they are as good friends separately with Asia because it is you could say to her look you wreck my buzz when you come in like that. Can you, if you, if you're going to have chats with production about stuff that you need, can you do it outside of the room or try and like be a bit more mindful of the rest of us in here? But the way it happened, like you could only imagine how mortifying it would be for Asia sitting there in that with all the dancers and your coworkers and colleagues around. And then suddenly this all kicks off. And like, and just that moment, like that you would feel so upset. And I think, that she was blindsided by how emotional that she got. You can kind of see when she was like, no, I'm going, yeah. that because she started to fill up. And I think everybody's been in a kind of position like that one time or other where you feel, I'm feeling mm. very attacked right now. <laughs> so I'm just wanting to like, <laughs> get out of this situation. But like, it didn't help. And like, I think it should have been just a case where, as we know, with great reality TV shows, like with Housewives or like with Made in Chelsea, where they actually just tap you and go, can we have a chat in private? And that's the way that should have been handled at that party. Even Asia should have just yes. got up and went, come here, let's go into the kitchen and have a chat about it or into the corridor, like something like that. And I, th- I think Naomi manages to skate off well because she d- doesn't bring up the drama. Like she kind of just leaves it out there and Derek goes to buy. Derek is the Christine Quinn, you know, who can't let anything, anything just sit, you know. And Naomi kind of comes out of an argument that is an argument about stuff she's caused and she's not even in it and I think that's a very clever way that she's Mm -hmm. you know coming across in the show I think Derek wants to move that drama from himself to somebody else and like is playing it really clever to refocus that energy on Asia rather than like themselves and then get closer to Naomi and work as a tag team and I thought my god that is so unbelievably classic reality villain scenario like you have to feel sorry for Asia as well like when you want to storm out of a room and you have to demic yourself the worst thing to be wearing is the onesie onesie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but what a onesie I actually 
actually really liked it. I was like, oh, you know what? Like that would. That would look like that would be perfect coming into these winter months now. That would be absolutely a perfect onesie to have. <laughs> So I think we can all relate to those sort of nights that that poor Vanjie had in Charlie's where a well-meaning friend will decide that they're going to try and set you up and it becomes like kind of the greatest in, in, like entertainment for their night but completely mortifying for you. Mm. I relate really strongly to that from having like girlfriends when I was younger who'd like wander over to random men and be like, would you meet me mate? And I'd be mortified in the corner. So I felt very strongly for poor Vanjie here. Well, uh, thank you for... For joining us today, uh, we'll be, there's three more episodes of Drag Race Vegas for you waiting for you in HBN Plus Network. Until then, you can check us out on Instagram at sissy.pod. Binge it. Binge it. <laughs> I'm trying to make new catchphrases happen. Oh, right, okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>